0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today I am super excited to have my very first trio. Uh, There's three of us that are gonna be part of this conversation and I have invited a, a guest that has been with me several times. And she's also a dear friend and a colleague. And it is Isabel Hunt and we're gonna be talking about how we see the world differently. Welcome Isabel, I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. As you know, yes. I always love talking to you. We're always oh, here.
0: <laughs> me too, me too. And you've invited a friend. So tell us a little bit about your friend, Lauren.
1: Yes, Lauren and I recently reconnected. Um, we, I, I don't know, when did we meet the first time? Six years ago or something. I think we both had little ones. Our kids are about the same age. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's been um, seven years. And we just recently reconnected because Lauren has um, had a very interesting story to share in the way she has now experienced the world. So we're going to hear about that later. And so we just really um, started to connect and to talk more. And we realized that uh, eventually we're probably doing work together, if not rather soon, um, because, because our stories are very similar, just from different perspectives. And it's just really incredible. So yeah we pretty much lives down the road. So <laughs> oh, that's so
0: awesome. So yeah, seeing the world differently is is what I am recognizing is a requirement. So it's, it's a prerequisite for those of us who are shifting into the new earth. Because how can we bring about something new if we don't begin to sense it or feel it or see it in some way, shape, or form as a as a something, you know, it's a new possibility, as a new potential. But Isabel, when did you begin to see the world? Um, in a way that it wasn't what you have been taught was the way the world was supposed to be.
1: I have always seen the world differently. Um, for me, I just thought everyone does. Uh, for me, it was normal that everyone sees everything in color, um, like numbers, letters, people, places, like everything just shows up in, in, in my brain as translate in color and and the colors shifted and changed. And so I just thought, well, that that's how people work right that's what we all do so i just grew up with that um understanding that this is just how it is and i just uh, about 15 years ago now is when i really really understood what the deeper meaning is behind the way i see the world and seeing everything in color seeing um people differently like it just really gave me a different perspective in the way i connected to people and and Um, nature like everything just really shifted once I started to dig deeper into the spiritual world of things and then saw my gift I'm like well yeah that gift that in in the you know in the world of medicine we call synesthesia is actually really an incredible spiritual gift in the way we're being invited to see the world so for me it was a slow diving in I was kind of ushered into the understanding um, others are being thrown into this. I'm not looking at Lauren. <laughs> uh so for me it's it's always been different. I think that's why I always felt like I don't really fit in or people can't relate to to how I see the world, or just you know, there was a lot of internal stuff going on for me where I felt like um I don't I don't fit. I I don't I don't know where I fit.
0: Yeah. That that to me is was my bigger question. Where do I fit? And Lauren, when did you begin to see the world differently?
2: Um, well, it's an interesting situation. Um, but basically, I had a surgery that was supposed to be in and out next day. Um, it's a simple surgery called a uterine ablation, and um the The day that I had the surgery, it uh, was just like a normal day, like any other. I, you know, I wasn't having. I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to explain this in the, in the best way. So I went in and went under and came out basically a completely different person. Um, so the surgery process went normally, but I didn't go through the surgery process normally. Um, Because when I woke, I saw everything differently. I saw colors and they became um, alive. It's the only way I can explain it. Um, The people around me, I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize the world as it was at all before um it didn't seem like the same earth <laughs> that i was in prior to going under and um even sounds they had movement and um it was very very interesting but doctors thought maybe i had, had something going on prior to the surgery you know maybe i was sick that day or I had hit my head or, I mean, there's all kinds of ideas being thrown around. And then I spent months in rehabilitation, learning how to walk again, talk again. Um, And then when it came down to the point of vision, um, I started seeing different neuroscientists and um, doctors that specialize in the eyes specifically. And they thought, well, maybe there's just something wrong with your eyes. <laughs> so they would um, do all these different kinds of tests and um, say, well, I'm going to send you to this specialist because I think that maybe you need to see um, with this kind of a lens. And then it got into maybe um, I, I can't remember the term for the type of lens, but it's a um, has lots of like different prisms and things inside of it. I can't think of the terminology right now. Um,
0: but they were mostly focusing on your physical eyes.
2: Yes, and they would say, what do you see? And when I would tell them, they were like, um, I, I don't think that you're seeing that because when I'm looking at it, so there's a condition that you can have with your eyes where, um, which would require a special set of prism glasses in which they would fix that by putting these special basically like goggles on you mm-hmm. and even when they would put those on me um they would say well this will fix it so you know how they go through and they switch the lenses yeah. and i would say no i still see you know this color or and they're like no you don't
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't you love it when people yeah. tell you what you see and don't see Yeah. So Lauren, the essence of what you were seeing that was totally different. How was that shifting who you were inside or how you felt inside about the world?
2: I had to, and it's funny, I haven't really talked to many people about this besides Isabel because not a lot of people, especially doctors and neurologists, they don't understand this because I think that it is a spiritual shift because you are basically climbing out of a matrix. Your body is biting you and it wants to stay where it was or what was normal. So I described this experience that I had actually when I was being operated on, where I thought that my body or my soul kind of wanted to leave mm-hmm. and I know this may be kind of an out there idea, but it's-
0: Not not in this program. (laughs) Not for this audience,
2: yeah. (laughs) I didn't, I wanted it to come back. I'm very strong-willed and I wanted it to come back and I have fought with it every step of the way. Um, Even from just, you know, accepting the world around me as it was, I had to learn to accept it because I thought it was you know, wrong, or I was coming into it wrong. Um, But as I started to realize, everything was going to be new, and I had to push through that, if that makes any sense. Uh, So there's a process there where even sensory, so sitting in the shower for me, I, it would, I could feel the shower, like every drop, and I could see every drop. And it was so overwhelming that you know, I didn't even think I, it was possible for me to ha- to take a shower. But then that other part of my brain pushed through and was like, no, this is how we get through this. And this is how we're going to do it. And I would push through always um, through those hard things.
0: How long ago was this?
2: Um, about a year and a half ago.
0: Okay. So now you are accepting of of what happened to you and and the shift that took place?
2: Now I am starting to meet other people. I say um, earthlings (laughs) 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 that um, see, feel, um, believe in these ways. I thought something was wrong with me. I mean, my doctors were really just clueless. I mean, I saw some of the top neurologists in the United States, and they would say things like, well, this is just because of your trauma when you were a child, um, or, I mean, just bizarre ideas, you know, like, well, you went under, and your body experienced major traumatic experience, so it came out believing that this is your truth, and it's not, Um Sorry.
0: What, what do you now, after, you know, over a year, year and a half, what do you believe is your truth about what you are experiencing?
2: Well, people like Isabel give me hope that I am not imagining all of this, <laughs> that, it, it, that other people see it as well. I mean, because when you leave a doctor's appointment, like imagine like not being born into it, and then you know, having going through the process of seeing all the doctors, and then them saying, "Well, more or less, you're just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not really, you're not experiencing that, and you're not, you're not seeing those things. It's just the anesthesia." Well, a little over a year and a half into it, I'm positive that the anesthesia is wore off, <laughs> <laughs> um, and. <laughs> That can't be excused anymore, you yeah, know? yeah,
0: so let me check with Isabel because isabel you you grew up from from the moment you were born with this ability that that came to Lauren Lauren, how old were you when you began to see differently
2: um twenty eight
0: okay so so you, this was from the get-go for you, and she had 28 years of seeing the world in in the 3D way, and the the standard through the eyes way, not the, what well, we have come to know as the spiritual, I know the light, the essence, the consciousness way, energy way. What was it like for you when you began to realize that not everybody saw it that way, and then you had to readjust yourself to the recognition that yes, you had an ability not everybody else had.
1: I am able to shift, to switch, um, I don't, I, I am now in the way where I can, where it can live without seeing everything color. If I don't pay close attention, I can totally shift, turn it off and like, it's not as overwhelming. Um, if I do choose to see it, because for whatever reason I'm at an event and I'm just really curious about what people experience and how they feel their you know, within that event, I can turn it on and I can just really tune in. It's almost like a light switch that I have now where I can switch between the two different worlds. So if someone says something to me, I can can listen to it from, from this physical perspective And at the same time I can switch the light switch and then I can see is what they say is actually aligned with their soul. Like it's, it's almost like you're taking away the entire physical experience. I don't know if if Lauren experiences very similar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do because we talk about it. So it's almost like you have people in front of you and suddenly you just, everything just disappears. It's almost like everything just becomes one, just different um, frequencies of color and different shades of color that you suddenly just see. Like the tree is no longer a tree with a brown, um, with leaves, green leaves. It's, it suddenly just turns into, I don't know, red or green or purple, like whatever it really is in, in which um, space that tree is sitting, like the collective energy that influences the energy of the tree. Um, And so it's really interesting when you see it this way, you suddenly just really see the universe disappear. I know there's this book, um, The Disappearance of the Universe, it makes sense, like suddenly the the universe just disappears and everything just becomes um, this really incredible orchestra of colors. That's how you can really describe it. It's just like everything just suddenly colors. And what it really helps you to understand is that all of that is is connected, like we're all connected. Like, yeah, um, yeah. like right now, I don't see Lauren, if I choose so, um, Lauren as Lauren with her hair open. I see purple. Hmm.
0: That is just so beautiful. You know, I, I and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun having this conversation with you because, I had a shift. And when I began to move down my spiritual path, and I was at that point, I think I was about 47 years old. I started my journey at 40, 42, when my mom passed away, or maybe 41, I can't remember. And I began to question uh, reality. I began to question primarily the, the thing that was really getting activated for me was my fear of death. So my mom's death activated all of my programming from Catholicism and going to hell, and absolutely created a terror in me that then had me look into this story about uh, you know the fact that we were going to go to hell and where did that come from? And through that process, I began to realize that all of those things are man-made. These are decisions that humans have have made that this is the way things are, and a lot of it was for the purpose of scaring people. So. I didn't want to just be scared, to not be scared. I had to then cultivate a relationship with God. Then in August of 2007, I had an encounter with God. And when I felt myself merging with God, I was given the ability to sense, not necessarily to see, but to sense when people are coming from their egoic nature, their their egoic thought system, versus when they're coming from their true soul, their essence. So when I meet people, and it took me a couple of years to really cultivate this when I am talking to somebody, I sense how much light, how much darkness they have. And it would be to the point that I sense percentages. And I can feel based on what somebody's saying and what, what they're conveying, you know 40, 50 percent darkness in term of egoic thinking, or I'm sensing, you know, 90 percent. Uh, of, of the light. And I pulled this diagram, you know, the yin and the yang diagram, because that's how I see things. People either get really dark or the white expands. And when, when the dot begins to expand, I see more light, you know, it it shifts to the other side. So I'm constantly seeing people in or sensing it really is more of a sensing. Is there more ego um, aspect or is there more soul light aspect? And I didn't tell many people about this for a while because I never heard of people seeing colors. I know people saw auras and could see, saw light to a certain extent, but how I perceive life now when I'm sensing how somebody's showing up, that's my reality. And I take that as the truth that internally I am being guided to be aware of what's happening there because it's a frequency. It's all about frequency. And if there is a darkness, then I know how to be with that person. If it's lighter, then I that 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 informs me um, with what to share, what not to share. Because frankly, somebody is really dense and in their matrix story and the three D story, what I'm saying for the most part sounds like gibberish or um, you know insane. I'm sure you guys have experienced that when you start sharing with with people what you're sensing. But the more I've trusted that, the more certain I am about who I am and our energetic nature, the the consciousness that we are. But Lauren, how is it for you? How are you perceiving the world now that you're getting more comfortable with your new reality and that you have Isabel as somebody that can validate that you're not crazy. You're just, you've just awakened.
2: Well, now that I have met Isabel, it gives me the ability to know how to express my ideas a little bit more clearly because I didn't know how to form any of this into words before um, until I kind of listened to her. my, My speech is one thing that was taken, you know, at the time, so I had to learn how to get it back. Um, that's a whole nother thing for another day, (laughs) but I just realized that it is okay to put it into words and how to put it into words. But that being said, I do struggle with going, for me, it's like having, um, two realms that I can live in. So Mm -hmm. I can live and see in this one when I'm in tune with it, but I kind of struggle with going in and out of it because through all of my training, training, I would say, I don't really know that's training, but um, they they teach you how to come back to the world. That's the only mission is to get back to the world. So,
0: I and to get back to the world to do what? Because that is very much what happened to me. Is I was given a mission and I needed to sense the frequency because I was supposed to be a teacher of a course in miracles that teaches a distinction between listening to the voice of the ego and the voice of our soul. And when that became clear, then I knew, Oh, okay, now that's why this is happening because I'm supposed to teach people to sense that in themselves so they can make a choice between the two voices. Yeah. So what was the mission that you began to, to feel you were here to do?
2: That is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. <laughs> I I know that what i see and what i experience is real and the whole time going through it i knew that it was going to have a lot of meaning um beyond what i am able to understand Mm -hmm. um and that was very loud and clear throughout the process so it was like you're going to get out of this because i have a mission for you when you're done i mean when you know you will i think i just froze on the screen there that's
0: okay we can hear you agree. perfectly
2: oh and it's kind of a funny face to be frozen on that's
0: okay <laughs> so when you're talking about this mission who who what do you believe you're receiving that mission from
2: um i grew up in a very christian backing of religion So I think it's intertwined with that, but I'm also coming into the knowing of ideas beyond that. And I'm trying to be careful with my wording here. Um, (sighs) There is more than just what I know growing up, like as a Lutheran or what I learned in youth group. Mm
1: -hmm. There
2: is an energy world. There is more of a source than what I thought possible. You know, we, we were raised on the idea that, you know, Jesus is everything and that's where everything comes from. But I've also started to understand that, you know, this may sound odd, but, you know, that Earth is like a mother. I mean, and she has energy and source and power and it is through God. I know that um, and I think that these abilities that I now have are through the same through the same God
0: mm-hmm. I love that I absolutely love that, and Isabel, you know because you and I help people um, come to the places of making peace with their their stories about God and recognize oneness um, so you and I what she's saying makes perfect sense, because we already know and trust that. Yeah. But how, how did it change your life when you began to really, in a very conscious way, use your gifts and talents um, in this world? So it, maybe the question that I want to know is, once you realized that, that you did have these gifts, what did you realize was your mission?
1: Um, that took me a while because I was really um struggling to find the words, just like Lauren says it's hard to describe to people um what you experience. It's almost like you're speaking a totally different language that doesn't exist yet, and people just don't hear you it's It's like you're not there and something that I want to mention too what Lauren said earlier about she had to relearn her language, and I think it probably was about the same time when um lauren experienced that that I had a really weird dream and I have a lot of prophetic dreams or dreams you know that it, you know bring something forth and I had this dream that I that I was in a hospital bed and I woke up and I had no concept of language I couldn't articulate what I wanted to say. And I know there was a a guy standing there and there was a woman standing there and the woman was trying to tell me that this guy's my boyfriend, but internally I'm like, he's not even my type. Like that didn't feel right. And I could not articulate that. And when I actually woke up from this dream, I'm like, man, that dream is sticking with me. So I know there's something behind that, something important. And I meditated on it and all I heard it was, uh, you have to learn to listen and trust your intuition. Yeah. Your words are no longer connected to to who you are. Um, you have to, like, if we wouldn't have any language, our heart is all that is left. Like, we all would be operating on feelings. Like, does this feel aligned? Does this not feel aligned? What does it bring forth in the way I operate? And that was when I really knew that the gift that I had, like, that dream was what would stifled or like really helped me to understand a graphy idea like with a gift that i have i'm supposed to teach people that there is more than just the language that we operate from that there is more than just the physical that we are experiencing that we see physically that that we have been taught to see this way Um, if someone you know comes along and says this is a pen and someone else says but that's a tree if we would have taught someone for their entire life that this is a tree they would believe that this is a tree Yeah. and that's how we created the world yeah. um and, and and with the gift that i have and i know lauren would agree with that it's almost like all of that meaning the definition the labels has been gone it's almost like no i only see yellow purple red green and and then mixed and this is it has no definition it, it has no definition because we're all connected and that's what i really that through this gift and that's when I when it really clicked for me what I was supposed to help people understand that um, how can we trust ourselves more our intuition which then leads to the understanding of of oneness
0: I, I love hearing that because when I when I was experiencing my awareness and let me check Lauren can you still hear
2: us I can and hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Okay, good. good, good. I'm, I'm we're talking happy. about color and Lauren goes yeah. black. It's, and it's perfect. Goes I'm love it. to figure out where I went and I don't know. I'm just... Um,
0: That's great. As long as we can hear you and you can hear us, we can keep the conversation going. Because uh, eventually this this is going to be a podcast, so what matters most is the sound. Okay. But when I, I, I began to experience right my shift, I began to... to What would got a friend in the house, I began to experience that there is a, I needed to know how our mind got programmed, as you were talking about, Isabel, to label things and define them in such a way that those definitions made the world actually so much smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, It took away potentiality. It took away possibilities in, in a way that I didn't understand because I thought well if you label the tree the tree well then that's it it can't be anything Mm -hmm. else and as i began to realize that our egoic mind is nothing and the ego is nothing more than all the thoughts that we're taught the our soul is the knowledge that we bring to the planet and our ego mind is the thinking that we have picked up with the definitions and and everything that limits and confines and defines the world so For me, it was about questioning those definitions. And each time I let go of a definition, I felt lighter. Each time I believed the definition, I got denser, tighter. So the sensing became really important to let me know what was of my conditioned mind and what was of my true nature and and in my true essence, that soul part. That was so different for me because I had never been taught that I could experience so much infinity, and then when I began to explore my relationship to the all that isness, fears began to fall away, and that—that's when people began to think I was crazy. What do you mean you're not afraid of this? What do you mean you're not afraid of death? What do you don't? Yeah. What do you
1: mean you're not afraid of you know losing? And you let go of every attachment, like suddenly things just happen. And it's almost like you just observe it. And if you want to engage, you choose to engage. If not, it just goes by. It's like a, a movie that you can jump in um, at any moment if you want to, if you choose to and jump back out and you just keep watching it going. And it's, it's almost exactly. like, a, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting experience. It's hard to, to put into words because it is not based on words. Well, exactly. And now when I coach clients, I tell them,
0: if you get to the point that you can be the observer, you have a front row seat to -hmm. the greatest show on earth, because whatever is showing up in front of you is the greatest show on earth. We are projecting it out there for an experience. How do you want to experience the greatest show on earth? And that is so liberating. But like we were talking about earlier, when people don't understand that, they think you're crazy. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it changes, it changes relationships. It's, it's challenging to talk to people when, when those things happen. Um, I guess you, you relate to that since you're saying amen. Lauren, what has it been like for you uh, to, as you're seeing the world in, in these different ways and having to get your languaging back in, are you coming to the place where you, you are comfortable that your truth is very different than what the world beliefs is true?
2: Um, I am, I think that it's becoming easier. Everything becomes a little easier with time, I think. Uh, And living in it and trying just to describe it to family members or doctors, you know, you're there so much that you do have to put words to it because you're forced to. (laughs) Um, And then I just became a little bit more comfortable you know, speaking in truth about what I am seeing because it is there whether people understand it or not. Um, and I think maybe bringing awareness to the people around me that are asking. Um, so now I've just come, like, actually, we. it's funny, right before I came into this today, I was having a conversation. I work out with a personal trainer every day. And he said, well, what are you going to be talking about? And I said, I don't think you're ready for that idea. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, no, I am. Tell me. And I told him. And he, in the way I was able to express it and put it into words, he was actually very upset, accepting of and said, "I, it's a lot, but I do understand the idea. So I think I'm getting better at putting it into words. I do come across some people that when they ask, I, I just can tell that kind of because of color. <laughs> I can tell that they're not ready to receive mm-hmm. uh, something. That's, that's where this color thing has been very interesting to me. So yeah. Isabel understands what the colors mean I don't. I just see
0: them. You, <laughs> yeah. still lear- learning them. It, you know, it was for me, it was a, a big training period because I had to understand the distinction in the frequencies. Um, a book that helped me tremendously was power versus force by Dr. Yeah, that one is really good. David Hawkins. Because then it gave me a, he uses kinesiology to show the density of fear and the lightness of love and compassion and kindness. So once I had that chart, and I use that chart in all my teachings, because I I knew that I was moving up and down in frequency. So it was no longer about good or bad, right or wrong. It was just strictly frequencies. That understanding helped me tremendously in shifting out of judgments. And I moved into the place of, of respecting that everybody is here, frankly, by choice. There are no yeah. victims here. I just posted something uh, to that effect by Dr. Bruce Lipton, that we are all divine beings who have chosen to have this experience. But when we come here, we know we're going to forget, and we're going to take in the programming. And the programming densifies us. It confines us. And it because it defines us, then the journey is finding people like Dr. David Hawkins or Eckhart Tolle or mm-hmm. um, books like The Course in Miracles that are that are it's information that comes to us from those who who are a step or two or ten or a hundred ahead of us, helping us remember the truth of who we are so we can live from our true essence and not from the conditioned self. So Isabel, how how was it for you um honoring what you were very certain was your truth, but you're still operating in the world of duality, in the world of of you know
1: definitions. Um, it's very, it's very interesting because what it really allowed me is to, um, stand in the gap. I always uh, tell my clients who have similar experiences that the way we experience the world, we, we cannot choose left or right. Like I cannot choose that anymore. If it's in in any area, it's, it's, I I can no longer say, this is good or this is bad. I'm, I'm looking at it as a whole. And then I, I just is it aligned or is it not aligned? It's just a totally different perspective, but what it allows me to do is to, um, especially like conversations between other people, is to mediate. It's it's the acceptance acceptance and that was the hard part for me to accept that I'm not either or, but somewhere in between, where there are not very many people yet, um, at least not people that I that I'm aware of at this point. I not, see now I have Lauren Now we can share this experience. Um, it almost feels like you, you are in between and, and people force you to have to choose. And I'm just saying like, what am I supposed to choose from? It all is the same. Like, What is there for me to choose from except life? Um, and, and it's very interesting for me because it was an internal um, conflict, a really deep conflict. And in, in, and then, of course, you have your own business and then people tell you how you're supposed to do this and how it works. And I'm just like, no, no, I don't see it this way. Like, I, I cannot even relate to what you're saying to me. It doesn't, I don't hear it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And that was a really, really difficult part for me to accept that. But again, when I look at the bright side of it, I understand now that... For me it allows me to communicate differently different aspects with different people i can bring people together from that perspective i can come from a place of compassion instead of judgment and i'm still working on that because um growing up i i know i was a very pessimistic and judgmental person probably because i didn't know how to fit in and how this all you know comes comes to life um but it really allows me to sit to step away and the biggest part is a detachment so i'm not attached to um how friendships evolve how uh, people react to me I, it usually it you know when people are upset with me for whatever reason i would get sweaty and like and my heart flattering. and now i'm like okay it's fine yeah. if that is your experience and this is mine it's yeah. all right we're all okay. <laughs> I, I love what, you,
0: what you're saying because it's the same thing for me. The more I know the truth of what I am, mm-hmm. the less that it matters what anybody else thinks about me because everybody else is just an aspect of myself. And as I see everything yeah. as a projection and nothing more than something showing me, oh, there's this fearful person. Okay, I've been fearful. Like you said, yeah, let me be compassionate with that aspect of me that is in fear. But at the same time, there is something that is guiding me that is wanting me to move humanity beyond the limitations. And mm-hmm. it, it's having me take stands for things that I never would have before. Um, I'm like, everybody fend for themselves. You know, I'm just going to take care of me. Now, it's it's as Lauren and, and you and I were saying earlier, it's like this sense of mission, this sense of purpose. And the more I study The Course in Miracles, the more... That I, I hear the messages that Jesus channeled through the course, we are the light of the world. And yeah. if I am not fully, completely in alignment of no fear, zero fear, I cannot be the light because that—that's what that frequency is about. It's we are the light of the world, and we dim ourselves down into fears. And the journey is about questioning these fears and moving past those fears to turn, the, you know, turn the dimmer back up, full force. But Lauren, what is it like for you, knowing, knowing that things are different for you, knowing that you see things from a different perspective, you're, you're cultivating a, I'm going to say, a certainty about what is true for you, especially as you learn more about what's happening to you. How are you, how are you feeling around people who don't get you? Are you still operating from that mm-hmm. sense of wanting to please or wanting to, to be liked? Um, how is that for you?
2: You know, my first instinct, I think, coming out of you know my my idea of wanting to make everything seem happy, <laughs> uh, but that's not that's not reality for me anymore. Uh, it's actually been very hard um, because if you think of it, of my experience being a lot different, you know, have having been almost. I told Isabel one day, it was like taking, did you ever watch the movie about the Matrix where they give you a pill?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And you get to choose. Okay, well, I didn't choose that. It just, I swallowed a pill in the middle of my life. <laughs> and then it opened up to this portal, basically. So that means that for me, I wouldn't. I don't know that, you know, I I have a family now. I have a husband and I have children and it's very, I talked to Isabel about this, but I don't even relate to my husband the same way anymore. You know, I had an earthly connection with him that I understood was good. And all of these, all of the things that you would go based on um, that kind of understanding, you know, you, you grow up and you, have kids and you do all these things by a certain time, you know, just like our family always has. And, but yeah. now I actually see it completely differently. Um, Say more about that.
0: How, how do you see that the, the different part in terms of the, the relationship? Because yes, when we are going by the conditioning, it in many ways we are conditioned to have a very flat, very flat relationships with people, very uh, codependent, it, very manipulative. Um, yeah. And it, it's, you know, we're using each other basically to numb our discomfort because it's too uncomfortable to go inside and discover what we really want because it's scary to move on. It's scary to leave people behind. Yeah. Um, so, what is your truth about relationships that lets you see this one is not that vibrational match?
2: So for me, I grew up as, uh, you know, like I said, in a traditional Christian, ideologically, I cannot think of that word.
0: Ideologically,
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) I grew up as, you know, um, having, being a submissive wife. um, And that's just kind of how it's always been, you know, you serve your husband and now that I feel connections on all different kinds of levels, like through color, or I feel so much more deeply. Like it, I, I feel connected to people through much more than I did before, yeah. like um, just through energy, which I've never really <laughs> experienced because I never lived in it. But you know, I can, I can say that we you know, it's been hard because we don't have those types of connections in my, bear with me as I try to word this. You're doing fabulous. I'm baby stepping my way through this, but we'll just call it my, um, my two worlds. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as I'm living in my new world, I actually don't see him or accept him in the same way because we don't, vibrate or have the same energy flow that um resonates with who i am now Mm -hmm. um and it's been very hard to accept that because um i don't want that to be my truth yeah okay so (laughs) you're fighting with yourself saying i don't want that you know you better fix it but you can't because truth is truth (laughs) uh and you can't just turn your eye to it and say that it's not happening or um you that you're not evolving into a different being, you know, it it is happening whether I want it to or not. And the hardest thing is when you can't bring people into that with you.
0: Exactly. You exactly have to leave them
2: behind because they're not ready for that. Yeah. Um, or or accepting of it or um I was talking to someone the other day and now I'm starting to understand what his colors mean. (laughs) Yeah, And uh, they are a lot different than um, what I would like them to be. And uh, traveling through these unknowns is a new experience. Um, But you know,
0: Lauren, one of the things that I believe all of us um, have to face when, when we, walk between these two worlds is that we're having to learn to in many ways because I did I had to go through a divorce and a shift and and let go of a lot of relationships we we have to learn how to lovingly and compassionately release the human family because part of our mission is to align and connect and and Get to know be open to receive our soul family because our soul families. We're going to be attracted um, for purposes for reasons like that's how I feel about Isabel is there, There's a coming together with somebody who vibrates at a certain frequency specifically for the creation of something new and It is uncomfortable to let go of the old what, what we thought was safe. There's a lot of internal conflict Our egoic mind, our conditioned mind does not want to let go of having authority over us because it feeds off of of our fears and our limitations. And we have to cultivate an ability to listen to that voice that tells us that when we are free of expectations, free of attachments, actually that's when we really are the presence of love. Our fear-based love is so conditional that it is suffocating. And I want to know, Isabel, how was it for you realizing that, that there were choices that you were making between the, the people who vibrate at the, the level of how you see the world and those that, that don't? And, it, and here with you, I know I, we can have this conversation. And with Lauren, I know it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's purely, purely, purely frequency. So yeah. how was that for you?
1: Um, It was difficult because I was always questioning myself, why do people not want to be friends with me? Or why do people just disappear? Or why do people lie to me? Um, There was a lot of like, it's like you become a living lie detector. And even though you're not saying it straight to people's face, I'm like, you know, I think I know what you're up to. Um, You just let them be in that moment. And you hope that maybe what you're sensing is not true. Uh, but in the end, you you pretty much know, you, oh, my gosh, you were right. But people don't like to be seen. Exactly. They, they, it's interesting for me, um, and that is my, has, my, has been my experience over the last years. People say, I just feel like I want to be seen and I, I want to be heard. But when you actually see them, they don't like it because there's nothing to, that they can hide anymore. And I think that's why a lot of people and especially friends withdrew. Some are coming back now and it's really beautiful to to rediscover. I'm like, hey, I started to have similar experiences and can you help me through this? Like with Lauren, she came back. I'm like, hey, I followed your work for a while and now I feel like I really need to talk to you. Like <laughs> now it's, it's yes. Um, But a lot of friendships um fell apart because of it because it's almost like subconscious people know that you know something about them that they don't want you to know about them. Yeah.
0: And, and it, the
1: it's really, it's really difficult to um, to not get upset about that, to not feel um, like nobody likes me or nobody wants to hang out with me, or you always have to fight um, for for people to stick around, uh, and you know, be of extra service so that they don't just go and run again. Um, but at this point now, I'm. I'm very content because I no longer feel alone. Yeah. I can sit in nature and feel co- completely and utterly connected to everything. And I don't feel I have to fight for someone to, to to or have someone, have to keep someone in my life just to feel connected, to feel yeah. this void filled. I don't have that anymore, but it was a really difficult very difficult situation ask my husband he would be like don't worry about it he really he lives by the four agreements be impeccable with your words don't make assumptions don't take things personally do your best He's like, oh yeah, I live that my whole life because he really, he really is like oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, and he's very reliable. So he he's really is someone that um I consciously and subconsciously brought into my life who understands that yeah. who's not afraid of it who is just present with it. Sometimes he doesn't say anything about it. He just listens. Yeah. Um, but, but it's hard. But you know something that you said that
0: is is so key is when we realize that we are part of something grander once once there's no sense of an individual separate self Mm -hmm. and there is a complete awareness that we are one with all that is from that place there is no way you can be lonely there is no way you can experience loss because everything is just energy morphing it's energy moving through um, the dynamics of, of the density, the frequency going up or down. And, and it is the greatest show on earth because you watch the, the magic of everybody's choosing to be where they are. And if somebody is in suffering, whether we know it or not, it is a, a choice. And again, these are the, the powerful teachings of A Course in Miracles that have made it clear for me to understand, it is a choice to experience that density until we're no longer interested in the effects of it. And mm-hmm. so from that place, it's the the compassion and the oneness with all that is, is just so easy, but so it is easy to be able to recognize when, when things are no longer a vibrational match as we continue to shift through these frequencies. Um, Lauren, are you at the place where you feel your oneness with everything or are you still in that place? Because it took me years to get comfortable that I knew it in my head until I could feel it in my heart so that I wasn't afraid of losing people.
2: Um, interestingly, I grew up with a dad who worked for NCTC. I don't know if you know what that is. No, I don't. The National Conservation Training Center. Um, so they work a lot like with wildlife and like, okay. uh, saving wildlife and plants and things like that. So from a young age, I actually was in tune with a lot of, um, ideas of being connected to the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been in tune with that part of it for a very long time. Um, but when it comes to people, like we were talking about, that's a whole new thing. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to learn how to navigate that right now.
0: That's your classroom now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I do always uh, feel oneness with the earth. Like even from a young age, just, you know, always wanting to, I always thought I was odd and it was very hard for me to make friends and things because um, I, I like the idea always of like grounding Um, from a young age and just like being in the mud and playing with it and like wanting it to be all over me and like it it was just odd in that way to others Um, but it fulfilled me um, and I've always loved the earth Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said people that's a whole nother ball game
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 And, and it's just such a beautiful um it's such a beautiful thing to witness people who really love the planet and love the earth and are so connected. And part of what we're having to learn is that many people that are so connected to the earth and the animals, we're still doing it from a place of attachment of right or wrong. And even the connections, the tree huggers or whatever they might be labeled have had to do their work of uh, moving out of that right or wrong and, and being more, kind and gentle with people who didn't really get the earth part. I didn't get the earth part. That's that's more of a recent thing for me. Maybe in the last seven or eight years that the cultivating the awareness of my oneness with the 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 planet, I had to first really do a lot of internal work and then I had to do work with relationships and that freed me to now cultivate my relationship with the planet and really experience that earthing. And Isabel, you, you've got a, a young son who came to you connected to the planet and absolutely Absolutely. in oneness with the earth. What, what, how have you balanced the earth and, and people, um, in your life?
1: Um, I think that is something that actually my husband taught me. Uh, he, uh, he is more of a nature empath. He's very connected. He's a naturopath. And so, um, well, he focuses more on herbalism. So he really enjoys that. So I think uh, what I learned through him before we met, he always said, I would rather watch the corn grow than live in a in a city. And now we're still living in a city, but hopefully we'll be able to move out somewhere in nature more. Uh, but he always said that and always thought, no, I want to be in the city because I need to be with people because I'm more of the extrovert. But the more I spend time with him, the more I started to really balance out between the extra and the intro. I I can show up. I can be a leader, but I can also totally step back and be totally um, in 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 sacred in the sacred space outside by myself forever. Like I can do that, and I need that now. Actually, I do really need that. And so um, he is the one who really uh, helped me to to feel the connection to nature, to to medicinal plants. Like it's so funny because we we have found out that this was actually where we live on was indigenous ground, so a sacred ground. Um, many years ago and we're pretty much, we have a wildlife sanctuary. So we we do not use any chemicals. And suddenly in the middle of the backyard, you have some kind of medicinal herb growing and we're like, we didn't plant that. How did that get there? And usually when we figure out what it is, um, it's something that I need to be able to get myself centered again. Something that my body needs to heal from, so that I can continue to do my work. So my husband is the one who has my back with all of that. He identifies, and I'm like, here, that is for you. That tincture or this med- that 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 plan is for you. Or here's your tea. I'm like, okay. That works. He is the one who really um, brought me into that space of nature. And I think my son is the link between us. Um, he is a very equally part of me and him. And he um, he embraces nature. He just loves to hug trees. Like we have so many pictures of him hugging trees because he believes that the trees truly uh, talk to him. They tell mm-hmm. him how much they yeah. love him. And he is giving that love back so that they can continue uh-huh. to serve him. Like this is his understanding of the world. And so just um, diving into that more and more over the last eight, seven years, he's turning seven in December. And so it's just beautiful. It's just so incredibly powerful and beautiful to me just to to have that connection. I I, I need to be outside. If I'm too long inside, I go yeah. crazy. I, have, I need this because this is where God speaks to me. Where, where Mother Earth speaks yeah. to me, where I get the messages, the inspirations, the downloads, all of that. So that for me is is very, very important. And I think consciously or maybe subconsciously, I don't know, but people who have... Um, this authoritarian understanding of the world who want to grasp onto their power and want to control people, they know that people who are more intuitive are one with nature. So if we destroy nature a little bit more, we take away people who are free thinkers, who need nature to access that power within. And that's what I am seeing, like with the different colors that are coming in, I'm like, I see what you're up to. I understand what you're trying to do, but I don't think it's going to work. Mother nature is on my side. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I was just listening to one of my favorite channels, his cryon. He, it, it, Kryon's been channeling information for 30 some odd years. And I was just listening to this morning's uh, message and well, actually it's from a few months ago, but I was just listening to this morning and it was saying that we're not going to find our power until we find our alignment with Gaia because Gaia, we we take in oxygen and, and put out exactly the what Gaia needs to then give us back the oxygen that we take we we excrete our waste and it uses the planet uses is to fertilize to grow the food that then we take in and I ingest we need water and what happens rain brings us filtered clean water. And what do we do we keep polluting we keep operating because we don't understand oneness. And that is that is so much of what what is happening here. Well, I want to wrap up the the conversation, which has been absolutely powerful. We could talk for hours, but oh, yeah. by asking you uh, for all of us to share our perspective for this question. So we'll start with you, Lauren. What, With what you know now, what are you sensing is the trajectory that humanity is moving toward? What are you sensing as, as what the future holds from your new perspective, your new ability to sense so differently. Is she still Did, there? Are you still there, Lauren? Mm, maybe not. Isabel, mm-hmm. why don't you um, she c- left tackle that thinking. question and then maybe she can come back and join
1: us. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what I'm sensing is a, is a split. It it feels very clear to me. It's almost. um, I said it to another friend uh, the other day. I said to her, uh, "It feels like I created. uh, It feels like I'm operating within the in the parallel universe." I don't watch TV. We don't watch the news. I'm barely on social media anymore. Like, the, none of that is influencing me. And when I hear snippets of it, I'm like, I don't know where you see that. I don't see it. Like, even when I talk to people, I don't hear anything about what you're trying to tell me that apparently is going on. And that's not about illusion or being delusional. Um, it's. It's, it's just really about, and, and sometimes I feel like people who, who think that we're delusional and we're not paying attention to the problem at hand and we're not here to, to solve the problem, what I have noticed, and that, again, came into, a, into in a dream to me, and I was going to do that in a TED Talk, but they were interested, but then, final well, not so much. Um, no matter if we try to push, it's like a, a problem, or the, the problems that we have created, the programming is like a, a balloon. And no matter what air we pump into it, even if it's well meant, the balloon just grows and grows and grows. It might um, shift shapes, like we can shift shapes with balloons. It may, you know, start to look a little bit different, but it never gets to the point where it just disappears. If we wouldn't give anything, any energy to what we don't want to see anymore, it would just not exist.
0: Exactly. It
1: would just not exist if, if we if we don't put any energy toward it, no much how much we want to stand up for something and be a stand for something. Um that's why I always say be be a stand for what you want. But if you want to stand for equality and justice, then this needs to be present within yourself in your daily life, how you operate with your neighbors, how you operate with your family, how you operate, it just anything. If we just focus on how we need to be to create justice and equality, the problems on hand that create injustice would fall away because nobody would buy into the truth. Of what creates that injustice? I hope that makes sense.
0: That makes perfect sense. That that's exactly how I see it. With when I had that encounter with Source, it it became very very clear that we create our reality. Yeah. And what what was shown to me is that it's all based on what we're thinking. If we have a lack mentality, we are going to be selfishly oriented, and it's about getting for me and self protection. If we have an abundance mentality, it's about how can we share, how can we serve, how can we extend? And one comes from a, a place of true unconditional love. The other one is conditional love, what the world teaches us. You would love me if you gave me a big diamond ring, then I know you really love me. Um, so what I'm seeing that that where we're headed is the awakening part of this is we're beginning to have realizations that what we see out there is not sustainable it's breaking down the matrix is breaking down we're starting to see the numbers on the screen we're starting to see that everything is made up of of uh, um just thoughts that it's just thoughts that we have had that we agreed to before but when we have that experience as you and lauren and i have had and many millions and millions are having it you sense the oneness with all that is yes. then we want to move towards what serves the greater good of all and that's where i am at my edge now is to not be afraid to stand for that because if i'm afraid to to step into the greater good for all then i know i'm listening to the voice of the egoic mind that old 3d world and i cannot fulfill my mission which now is too uncomfortable for me not to honor Uh, what God's or spirit has placed in me to do because if I had to say who I care um, to place if there's such a thing as placing is is only the voice for God only God that that's who I care that I'm in alignment with the rest really frankly it's it's just fun and ease if they want to play they don't want to play it's okay but Lauren if you can you hear us now Lauren I think we, we may have lost her completely but Isabel, as always, what a fun conversation. Thank you for bringing Lauren um, into this conversation so we could talk about yeah. somebody who experiences that big shift in, in the middle of her life, you know, 28 years old, the first third of her life, and now everything is gonna be so different for her with this, this new awareness. But what, um, tell people how they can find you if they wanna learn more about how to understand the shifts that they're going to if this conversation resonates with them.
1: Um, Well, we're actually working on a documentary right now called The Power of Connection. Uh, The the trailer can be found at thepowerofconnection.net, which is, um, yeah, I'm so excited. I Yeah, it's gonna be great to just um, get this out there and to experience that. And that's where Lauren actually comes in. Um, The goal is to go on tour next year um, together. Uh, especially to universities and and speaking about our experience and how that relates to the documentary and just really have conversations about how we can break through all those um, stigmas and and paradigms and constructs that we have created and what would that look like tangibly to move um, this understanding of the physical toward Christ consciousness that we're talking about, the the consciousness of love within each one of us. and my personal website is Um, if people want to just connect with me um, yeah just pretty much on my website is everything <laughs> even the the uh-huh. you know the link to the to the documentary and all that and um i know um I'm speak i speak for Lawrence since she's <laughs> just Appearing, um she's still trying to figure out really where she fits in with all of that but we pretty much know that there is going to be work together that we're doing together she's also an artist um she sees you know everything because she sees everything in color so we're very very similar in our experience and it just makes sense to do this together from different perspectives and to say hey i'm not crazy. Like, I'm not the only yeah. one who has that experience. And um, I know she wants to step into speaking more about her experience. So today was a, a, a huge step for her as well. So um, oh, I was grateful that she was uh, be able to, to join for, <laughs> as long as her computer allowed her to for whatever yes, reason. Yes, absolutely. Um, this, this is just so, so yeah. wonderful.
0: And as always, I, I love to have guests who come in here and share their experiences because it's called Align with Lina for a reason. I love to be the one who brings people um, to share their experiences of how we are aligning with with the source. It doesn't matter what we call it. But Mm -hmm. we're aligning to something that is greater and grander than our own perceptions about what reality is. And when we can pop out of our limited perception, what we begin to tap in is so unlimited and so vast, our little minds can't handle it until we we train our minds to to be open to not knowing because interestingly enough one of these amazing paradoxes when we don't know anymore what anything is for mm-hmm. what we need to know to navigate and expand and continue is revealed to us yes. so we got to switch out of the uh, the I know trap Um, Thank you so much, Isabel, for being here. As always, I love sharing your wisdom with anybody that I can so that we can um, continue to help expand the awareness on this beautiful planet Earth. And I love you, sister. I love Love, you. you. (laughs) Have a magnificent day. Thank you.